Embrace life with a change for the better. Challenge your comfort zone with Glenn Miller, your personal comfort zone coach, enabling you in whatever way you may need to, to step outside your comfort zone. The Outside Your Comfort Zone podcast explores proactive and practical tips based on years of lessons learned and expert skills and advice that will enable you to accomplish more. Each episode puts a spotlight on topics and experts in their field who will compel you to action and to get more things done outside your comfort zone. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Darcy. Thank you for having me. Don't be ridiculous. This is like, it's totally overwhelming. I think for our listeners who don't know, Darcy and I connected, what, probably 18 months ago now to get into a podcast environment for me, launch. But Darcy's been giving me much more than that. You've been a mentor and a bit of a a podcast coach, just visiting your website. And for the listeners, it says it all. Uh, But I think that's the challenge today. And I think I'd said to you, I I really want to get you on the show and try and expose from you, you know, if we can get you outside your comfort zone, then we've broken a big barrier. I'm already outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> Normally I'm on the other side of the recording desk, yeah. hitting the buttons and making podcasts sound great. So uh, mission accepted already, yeah. but I'm excited for this chat. And I think it's always difficult because, you know, people don't know you, people haven't met you, obviously. So I think it's always helpful if you can help with a bit of a stadium pitch. Yeah, great. My name is Darcy. We got that. I am 28 years old, uh, fast approaching 29. I started my career professionally um, in radio. So as a kid at school, I had this fantastic deal with my principal where every Thursday he would let me go to a radio station and learn radio rather than doing sport, which I was never much good at anyway. Um, So I learned radio from a really young age. That meant that when I turned 17, I was able to come and work in Today FM here in Sydney and learn from some of my mentors, some of these people who I totally idolized. I built a really fantastic career in radio, worked in radio for 12 years, and then quit radio to start this pro podcast production where we help anyone start a podcast that like looks and sounds their best. It fills me so much working with individuals like yourself, working with people, hearing their stories, and then working out how best to present that in the podcast space. I did, I started that in 2016. I made the leap to do it full-time two years ago, just before COVID. And we sit here today in our beautiful office in Barangaroo with a team of four and touch wood, but so far so good. <laughs> I can think only strength to strength, Dice Luck. But you know, it's interesting in your story. So that principle identified something in you, which really changed your life, if you think about it. Mm. And I think that's quite remarkable because, you know, we all try to push ourselves to find that thing in life we love doing. And I admire those people. Mm-hmm. So shout out to your principal. Because <laughs> yeah. I think for yeah. you, it, it wouldn't have happened. No. You know, if you hadn't seen that talent in you. Oh, 100%. And I think recognizing passion and setting people up to explore that and have fun with it. And I was really lucky early on in radio my home life wasn't great. And so I found some fantastic, not only just radio mentors, but like real leadership, real fantastic, almost dad figures who really took me under their wing and allowed me to explore this passion. So it's, so it's interesting. And I know I'm partially cutting you off here because when we spoke about what we can speak about and, you know, previous guests and, they, you know, we, we're growing, we've had season one, this is season two. Yeah. Uh, not that I've pulled the rabbit out the hat on them, but, you know, through your guidance and advice, actually, we just let things go where they go. Yeah. Um, I can feel in some of the bullet points you shared that you've, you've, there's a, there's a lot of stuff behind you, the man Darcy, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's been quite challenging and difficult. We're going to get into that yeah. as we go. But I do just want to frame for the audience listening that it's not just about us recording today and, you know, recording another episode. I think what's inspiring for me is how humble you are. And when I look at the lineup, you, you know, you've worked with Apple, you've worked with like majors, right? Ikea, yeah. um, you've got like quite a cross section <laughs> there. And I like, I take a note, like a, t- a moment in time. I know you're a humble guy. You don't sure. really want the accolades. That's the feeling I've come <laughs> sure. to learn. Um, but I think what's incredible is, you know, within there, you've got names like, and, and I have taken notes here because you've got this guest book of Drew Barrymore and Miranda. Kerr. Like these are, you know, past prime ministers almost of Australia and Jessica 
Malcolm Albert. Like these are phenomenal names. So, so I'm humbled being here. Thank you for having me too. <laughs> to but but all of that aside, I think it it really speaks in volumes, obviously, of the type of experiences you've had. And I think life chooses us more than sometimes we choose it. So uh, pulling it together, you've got this principal who saw and identified that early on. And then you've got this amazing lineup of businesses and names that you've worked with. I think, firstly, could you just talk talk about that a little bit for the audience? Like, what's it been like working with these people? I know I'm asking you a few questions here, but when you worked in radio, there's obviously such a span, you're in the background, but your engagements and working with these people, what's that been like? Oh, it is incredible. I mean, as a 17-year-old, my first week of work, so once I got the full-time job and moved to Sydney, the first week of work was like day one. It's like at three o'clock, Snow Patrol is going to come, who I loved at the time as a kid. (laughs) And you've got to record them and you've got to direct them on like how's it sounding and you've got to record them and like it's just going to be you. Because my management was remote. They were working out of Melbourne. And it was this real, I think, imposter syndrome kicks in pretty quick where you go, man, are they going to find out that I'm just a 17-year-old kid? (laughs) And then the next day it was going and recording like a huge uh, LMFAO, you know, like these people who were relevant at the time, not so relevant now, but um, (laughs) it is an amazing experience and one I'm really thankful for to be around and work for some some fantastic names. It was a highlight for me being able to record the Ed Sheeran and the Taylor Swifts and handle the production pressure that comes with that. You know, you can't get that wrong. Often you would pile into a van, you would get out, you'd have four minutes to set up and each um, radio host has been allocated such a short amount of time. You've got to make sure all the mics are working, you've got to make sure everyone's happy, and then you've got to ensure that you save it. <laughs> Did you ever forget to hit the record button? I <laughs> thankfully never forgot to hit the record button, but there are stories of people who did. Yeah. And so radio gave me this wonderful view that, ah, oh, like we're all just humans. And so we attach labels like superstars to these different people, but seeing them in a different environment and seeing them behind the scenes, you go, ah, we're all just people. We've got our staff. We have our talents. We're all just going through this journey of life. And I think that's where it made me really comfortable working with these types of people. And so when I went out on my own, it became a skill set I didn't recognize because I was so just used to doing it day in and day out. And now in the podcast space where you've got hosts wanting to connect with these people and the Ikeas and we're doing a series with the Oscars, all of these crazy projects are happening. But for me, I always take that mindset of, oh, you're just working with people, you know, and you just are there to get the best out of them. And you can't think of the pressure too much. (laughs) And that's why this is like such an incredible opportunity because that's exactly the feeling I've always had with you. You know, that's the humbleness I'm speaking of, but also I think as people, we all so much on Instagram and TikTok and the kids now Snapchat and everyone's a celebrity. Um, My daughter was interviewed by the funds, you know, I don't know if you've. Sure. Yeah. 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 wasn't such a good edit, to be <laughs> honest, because it, it you know, didn't show up. The content that right. came out was left much to be desired. But that's my point. It's like, you know, you see these celebrities and it's, they people, mm. you know, and I think from little kids, we admire cricketers and sports people and politicians. Yeah. But you've you've lived in a world around around these people. So I think that's interesting and probably a good segue. You, from a feelings and emotion, um, you've become quite level and and comfortable around celebrity. Sure. Right? Yeah. Maybe we can frame it that way. Or just high profile, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But you normalize it. And there's such a powerful thing that comes from speaking, I think. Like I didn't realize until I started the podcast, I write, I'm an author. But you know, you've mentioned to me you've had moments of anxiety um through your past. Yeah. Right. And it's like quite a yin yang. So on the one hand, you would I would expect if you you're in this world amongst giants. The anxiety of that, most might think, wow, huge anxiety, but that's not what you're speaking about with the anxiety part of, whoa. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I so think I, it's- I, I hit you in the guts there. Mate, it is what version of yourself you're referring to. I think you're absolutely right. Anxiety has played a huge part in my life. I grew up with OCD. OCD was a real coping mechanism for me to take control of what was a unpredictable growing up situation. And when I say OCD, I mean- 
flicking light switches. I mean, compulsive hand washing. That's how it manifested in early days. And then as I got older, it was like intrusive thoughts. Something I didn't even know other people went through is intrusive thoughts of, oh, if I'm in a relationship and I happen to just brush past someone, have I cheated with them? These real intense, non-logical thoughts but OCD doesn't accept logic. <laughs> OCD. But, but Darcy, I don't want to push too, yeah. too deep. Like yeah. before you said that, you said, you know, you'd been through some stuff. I mean, yeah. can we peel the layer back to understand Context what you important. went through? Yeah. Like what led to, for you, that OCD ep- episodic period in your yeah. life? I grew up with parents who had the best intentions, but not the resources available to them to be fantastic parents. And so the way that looked was, from my dad. My dad had bipolar mental illness where we would go in a cycle of he wasn't medicated. And so every year or so we expected an episode. And when that episode happened, we would then have to, he would often lose his job, would have to move locations and start it all fresh. So there was a 12 month cycle definitely happening from that point of view. And then my mum through her own trauma didn't know how to parent well, didn't know or have access to within herself to give us the needs any child needs. And so it often turned into really, it was quite a hectic environment. I would say it was quite an abusive environment, mainly emotional, sometimes physical. And this is all stuff that I'm just coming to realize and unpack in the last two years. So it's still pretty fresh, but that was kind of the upbringing. And then school wasn't great either. So I'd go from this hectic home environment and then school, I just didn't find my people. I, until very late in school, I, and that would often result in not fitting in and that would result in bullying. And so all of this was kind of happening. And I think that's where OCD steps in. And OCD was really helpful initially because it's giving you a sense of control in an otherwise out of control living environment. It's a bit of a tool, a bit of a coping mechanism. Absolutely total coping mechanism. And then as I progressed in radio and was in these really high pressure situations and and even so in podcasting, there's so much anxiety that comes and there's healthy anxiety if you want to go record a Taylor Swift, it's good to have a healthy bit of anxiety. So you pack your SD cards and you don't muck up that recording. But there's a great analogy of who's driving the bus today. Is it your anxious self? Is it your healthy self? And over time, more and more, from the time I would wake up to the time I'd go to bed, it's just my anxious self driving the bus in life. And so that led to a point where two years ago, I finally did something about it. But oh, sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah. Did you find yourself living in a headspace? I know that sounds weird. It's a bit like people that have oh, yeah, yeah. described long COVID. It's like you wake up in the morning, there's fuzzy cloud in your head. Yeah, for would, me. Would you say that you you almost, because in previous podcasts I've spoken about, like some, I wake up happy in the morning. I'm, I'm yeah. a positive person. Sure. I get that from mum. Yeah. But some people don't. Yeah. And I, and I guess, would you say um, what, what I'm seeing is like almost this trend where s- some of us live in our head. Like you wake up and oh. you, we go through times through the month, yeah. you know, where you, you have not just hardship and like in your case here, anxiety, yeah. but where you actually have this fog in your head where you're thinking about it all the time. Is that, is that? Oh yeah. Cause that obvious. Yeah. Very obvious in terms of the anxious thoughts and feelings and emotions that would come with that. And the headspace was just almost someone had flicked the switch and it was just permanent state of anxiety. Now, the great thing about that is it made me a really high performer. (laughs) The downside of that is it's exhausting. It affects your relationships. It affects how you run a business. I mean, when you step into the business field, it just amplifies any of the qualities that you have. And so- But and are you talking about that anxiety where, like you said, brushing past a person, mm, that OCD quality that was almost fueling your pace- Yes. Oh, that yeah, kind yeah. of anxiety. Like yes. just merging all into one and creating a storm. Yeah. <laughs> it was this awful, perfect storm of anxiety and high pressure roles um, that kind of fed off each other, I think. I am very much at a place where I'm understanding, learning how to deal with it now. But certainly at the time, I think the best word is distressing. 
it's distressing. It's these thoughts that are coming, whether they're intrusive thoughts or they're just general anxiety, that is distressing and tears you apart. And it's really hard to, it's like a duck underwater. I mean, on the surface, you can be calm and collected in these moments, but underwater, there's so much happening. And so whilst it wasn't a fogginess, it was an awareness looking back now of like, man, those little duck legs are going fast. So feeling emotion. <laughs> yeah. Just boiling yeah. up all the time. All the time. And as, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, um, you know, I grew up probably the absolute opposite. Like, sure. you know, parents there for you and it's just honing straight in on the advice side of it. Right. That, and I think that's, you know, even, even for parents out there listening, what I'm hearing you describe is like this complete cluster of emotion. And I think a, a parent's job is to also listen to kids and help them unpack those things. Sure. And diving into that story of yours, you know, maybe that you didn't have that outlet and, and you had a whole lot of worry there about your dad and yeah. mum and well, what's, what's in store for the next cycle. Yeah. Sometimes maybe it's also just too difficult. I, I think it's hard to blame people. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> because there's so much to it. There's so many dynamics. And it doesn't help. And it doesn't help. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. But yeah, I don't think they were in a position where they couldn't necessarily meet the needs of us kids. And there's a lot of kids. So what I haven't mentioned is that <laughs> I grew up with five sisters. Wow. So there's six of us, only boy in the house. There's six of us. And that is a whole wonderful- Where did you fit in in the pecking order? Like second youngest. Okay. <laughs> so I've got all of this yeah. older sisters happening and then I've got a little sister and yeah, it's just oh, a crazy environment a crazy environment of all of these people with their own things happening. I had a friend who has nine siblings. Wow. Yeah. In, in the community. And it's the only bigger number from what you've quoted that sure. I, I have life <laughs> <Yeah>. experience about, <laughs> but they, um, it's difficult. Like they also, they were kind of up there as the older child. But I think when you've got so many siblings, mm. the dynamics really weird mm. because I think even mum and dad, we've got three children, when we when the, we had two children, you know, my wife and I each had one. It's literally yeah, how we thought right. of it when the third came because you right. never you never can't have love. You always have love for your kids. Sure, but time is the yeah. issue. Yeah, you know, once the third comes in, you're outnumbered. Yeah, and it's it's quite difficult. Yeah, you know, it's like and so I'd imagine I couldn't even imagine beyond <laughs> four. My brother's got four, <laughs> right. but if you start getting to the sixth zone, where I'm going with it is, I think. The ones on the bottom can sometimes lose out because sure. mum and dad are used to having the older ones around sure. early on. Yeah, yeah. And then the flip side of that, you know, in some situations, like my friends, sometimes the older ones, they're fine. You know, they're yeah. looking after themselves. Yeah. we got to help the little ones. <laughs> yeah. You can't win. <laughs> no. You can't win. No. But I think it's interesting because you spoke about your sister mm. and um, um, just offline and and the lead into guardianship and things like that. Yeah. So I imagine it's quite difficult, like an anxiety and where you are at. And I suppose leading towards that, I'd love to understand that side of things. But I suppose just to take the context, yeah. you know, you had all this anxiety. You're saying you're recording for Taylor Swift and yeah. some amazing people. <laughs> yeah. So like what point did you realize that something's maybe a bit wrong here or the way I'm handling yeah. life and yeah, yeah. when did it explode? <laughs> It was this beautiful crossroad, well, not beautiful, but a, a thankful crossroad where my little sister came into the picture. We had just got back from a trip to Bali where we were living our best life for a week, very relaxed, came back and immediately a situation unfolded where my mum was no longer in a position to look after my little sister and essentially said, I don't know, it doesn't matter where you go, but it just can't be here anymore. And my wife and I saw that situation unfold and obviously did whatever we could to intervene. And that led us to a position where we took on kind of full guardianship of my little sister. And not like she just came to hang out with us. It was, oh, no, like there's no contact with the family. We'll take responsibility and are responsible for getting her through her final Two years of school. Wow. Including paying school fees, yeah. managing the emotions of a teenager. And so that happened and it highlighted the fact that, oh, with all of this anxiety, I can't be trying to build a business on the side, do a national radio show, because at the time it was 
a show called KTM Amati, which was the number one radio show in the country. And every day the production I was creating was going out to a million plus people. Wow. Talk about anxiety. <laughs> that alone is a lot. Yeah. And be a good husband and manage this author. Now, now a dad in pot. Yeah. Taking ownership of your sister, which is a whole different dynamic because you're not her dad, but you're taking that full responsibility for the growth of a, of a child during that period. So that was the time where I go, oh, this isn't working. How I'm functioning might have been acceptable, at least from my wife's point of view. She was able to handle that and understood. But then you add a child into the mix as well and you've got to make a call. And so that was the moment um, I made the call to leave radio and take on the ownership of my my sister and have a shot at building this business. And it's a big call because, I mean, radio was a fantastically paying job where you're earning six figures, you're working on the best radio show within that world. Um, But I also learned in that moment it's okay to be good at something, to enjoy it, and still make a change for different when you need to do that. And so that was the moment where I stepped back from radio focused on the business and also engaged with a psychologist, which changed my life because I started understanding, oh, the way in which you've been living your life out of this anxious place, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's where I got medication and support and the tools, which I'm still on that journey, but it was a new chapter of understanding, unpacking and learning to live with it. I mean, you guys would know because our last episode was was with Lindsay and yeah. you know she's a clinical psychologist yeah. and um, you've heard my story and for the listeners that haven't through that the previous episodes I've covered you know things like tsunami and post traumatic stress yeah. disorder yeah uh, but like a few things to ask like the one is you've got um, you've jumped with your sister if, you know that HSC or year eleven year yeah. twelve yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got now a sixteen year old sure. year 10, yeah. 11, 12. Yeah. you know we're on the cusp of that <laughs> it's it's like it's like I think it's it's really difficult you know yeah. when you when you're first parents and you have your first child there's a reason I think nature works the way it does for couples that decide they want a child sure um you know the naturally or not you know adoption or otherwise I think just having a child is a massive responsibility they're guidebooks but they don't work because every child's different sure. and, and you know you your wife that unit is different yeah but i think you you know you coming from one world and jumping into another again it's this you know do i need a psychologist did they work um i can i can kind of feel and sense that you've you've obviously had someone who's taken you through the journey but i think the the, the proof is in the pudding it speaks for itself that you know you sit here you compose <laughs> anxiety sure, you yeah. know it's a different kind of normal stress in running a business yeah uh, but just like a pat on the back. I know you don't need it from me, but <laughs> no, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's very emotional having this conversation <laughs> with you because it's, it, and then it's also different because it's someone you love who's a sibling, Yeah, you know, and it's like, like you're saying, it's this, but so you must have an amazing relationship. I'm part of like, I'd love to speak to your sister yeah. and see it from the other, other side, you know, maybe we do that one day, but um, it's, it's quite remarkable. Um, so, and I think even going into quitting a six figure job and then coming into it on the other side. Um, and I'm just thinking about your past, um, how has that experience unfolded for you? Like, would you, would you change it for the, cause you're stuck in the rat race in a six figure job. Sure. And yeah. I suppose for anyone listening that might be sitting in that position yeah. now, um, of course the grass isn't always greener, Yeah. but what I'm hearing you say is the rewards, not always the monetary outcome. Yeah. Because I yeah. think if you love what you do and clearly you love what you do, yeah. um, sometimes you're sitting in the wrong seat, maybe. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think the grass is green where you water it yeah. is what I've come yeah. to learn, really. You, put, you, you get out what you put in. A hundred percent. I mean, I've got to preface it by saying I was fortunate enough to be at a younger age where the dependence was only my little sister at that stage and my wife and we're living with the in-laws. And so- <laughs> It was an opportunity I saw of like, okay, if you're going to make a change now is the time to do it. People aren't fortunate in that, in that, yeah, they are stuck in a six-figure job, but they have a family to feed and they've got private school or, you know, those pressures. So I think that's important to call out. But the other thing that is important to call out now having done this journey is realizing that when I was sitting in that seat in this beautiful studio producing this radio show, I was doing that from a place of not fear, 
but probably comfort. Mm. I'd earned my dues. I'd done my 10,000 hours. I <laughs> was enjoying that. But then it became very clear in the last couple of years that it was a transactional thing. It was like, I'm doing this show for the financial benefit that comes with that. And that's okay for a little bit, but it ends up becoming pretty soul destroying pretty quickly. Yeah. And the other thing I have learned during that process is you can only, you get different buckets in life, work, friends, family, anything else. Health is a big one as well. And so you can only fill some of those buckets with a limited resource, which is your energy. And so at that time too, I was pouring all of my energy and filling the work bucket and my financial bucket was filling up in return, but my social bucket was empty. My relationship with my wife was like empty in terms of we're best friends. So we got through that time, but I wasn't watering that spot or filling it up. And so we made the conscious choice to go, cool, let's, there's enough in the financial bucket. Let's pour some back into family and social. And yeah, it's certainly a shock when you go from a six-figure job to $35,000 a year. I mean, that's a lifestyle adjustment. But that was under the preface of like, I'm going to build something. I'm actually going to do something that I see passion and opportunity in, and that is podcasting, and that is helping others tell their story well and giving them access to the resources of radio that for so long was just reserved for people who could afford to be in that space. And it was a really limited bunch of people involved <laughs> in that whole process. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, yep, it's a big call, but in terms of the fulfillment and, and the other thing is fear. When you've on the other side of making that decision, go, yeah, but what if it fails or what if it doesn't come out? And that is a real possibility. I mean, small business, I think it's 50% are going to fail. But the thing is what I didn't see is I was stopping myself from experiencing all that was there to be experienced. And I stepped out and the business is in a place where we now get to employ other people and welcome them into that space. And I think that comes from just acknowledging the fear, but pushing through that as well, getting out. But Dawson, I think like we live in a world now where like impact is a big word, sustainability in so many different spheres. Mm. But I see this, like I've interviewed, you know, very few relative to what you've seen. And right. you, but the common thread I'm seeing is this, the emotional connection and, and why I love our topic, you know, outside your comfort zone yeah. is, is weird because I think the first thing is, is one almost looking back at what's going on or where have I come from or something's wrong. So it's a very like, there's this emotional drain, a feeling, mm. you know, and, and what's interesting is I think the time it takes once that's realized to actually acting and doing something yeah. and thrusting yourself completely outside of where you thought you'd be. Yeah. I think the, the, how I'm going to deal with that and what that's going to look like and all those worries, I think once the decision's made, stuff actually starts to fall into place quite yes. quickly <laughs> and it's actually a reverse anxiety. Because you let go, there's all this worry, yeah. but somehow you make it come together. So what you were saying about being the driving force and, you know, just driving the change and getting it done. I think that's the powerful part I read into your story that it's, you've gone through so much anxiety. And I think often there's this crescendo in our minds yeah. that prevent us from making the decision to take the leap, sure. change yeah. and move. And I, I just think it's weird, but the impact you have now on so many people is, is so far reaching. And it's so like, you know, if you, I don't know how, if, if the list of recordings you're doing is 20 or a hundred, <laughs> sure, sure. it's a multiplier, Sure, you know, which is incredible. Yeah. So again, you know, the compliments to you and how you've taken that leap. Um, in terms of, of your sister, presumably that's all going well. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's a great point to, to just what you're talking about. You can make that leap and the anxiety doesn't go away. But what you can learn to do is learn to live and manage that. And I guess that's the stage of the life I'm at. And Mags, my little sister, is doing the same. She's learning to live and manage with past trauma and, and her own mental health issues. And I think she's doing a really good job of that. Yeah. And I think that is a measure of success more than what degree she's doing. And mind you, she got accepted into law, which is amazing. Like the kid is incredible. And I think- Wow, that's like- Yeah. yeah. To go through what she had gone through. I mean, 
Sure, it's a, it's definitely a big thing taking on guardianship, and I don't downplay that because that was a really stressful time for my wife and I and Mags included. But we were in a position to do that, and she didn't have a choice in any of that. And so to come through her trauma and her her and her pain and get to a place where she's very much on the road to continue thriving. I think I'm so proud of her and. She's one of the most important people in my life and I hmm. love her not only as her brother, but <laughs> as a friend. I mean, the depth of conversations we have and her take on the world and just the joy that we have when we come together. We- well, a shout out to Meg. Yeah, shout out to Meg. you watching this, <laughs> you go girl. She's and amazing. We're going to need some legal counsel in a couple of years. I know. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. But now at least we know where to go. I'm excited. As the business grows, I'm sure it'll be great to have legal <laughs> advice along the way. Oh, hell yeah, it will. Especially what you're in. But, you know, but I think I even want to just stop and take a pause moment to say to anyone listening, like, and, and it's a, maybe a theme that's flowed on from the last episode is just actually taking a moment and time out, you know, in terms of the ones we love around us, just ask, are you okay? Like, yeah. how are you doing today? Sure. You know, because it feels like that headspace we're speaking of with anxiety and pressures, um, whether it's a work colleague or, or somebody, um, like I found talking to a psychologist and my stint was much shorter, yeah. but, but many people I've spoken to now who, who talk to a psychologist on many levels, yeah. um, the connection of the, the outlet, like once you actually yeah. just start speaking, yeah. the, the human mind is a weird thing. And sometimes it's been bottled up for so long that someone just saying, actually, I'm having a shitty day and this is why Yeah, uh, can make all the difference. And I don't think, you know, with Mags or with you guys as a couple, it transcends age. You know, if someone's eight years old yes. or they're yeah. 15 or they're 25 or they're 85, yeah. um, I think you can see when someone's down. I don't know if you've ever looked at someone and thought, well, I'm going to miss my train. I've got to go, but I hope that person's okay. Sure. Like, I think we've all had that moment. And I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. We haven't. Just maybe slow down and look at the world around you because just yeah. you know, even a stranger just standing. Sometimes my wife says to me, you're standing at a traffic light. There's a stranger there. Yeah. And you've, you've just kind of like, sometimes I'll just engage with someone because they, they look like lonely. Sure. You know? And again, presumptuous of me, I shouldn't do that. But generally they land up smiling. I land up smiling. Yeah. Occasionally there's a cuddle that's been in there. Yeah. But I think just walking away and thinking, you know, that person's day. And I think about your teacher. Yeah. You know, that, there was maybe one conversation where they, they might've said to you, like, are you enjoying this or yeah. what's happening at school? And I've got something I want you to try. Yeah. Like it might've changed your life forever. And then- the flip side of it, not to go too heavy, but mm. I lost one of my best mates last year. Yeah, I remember we- Yeah. Uh, and- It was a similar, similar time as my mum. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it really was. And the reason, the, the, the hardness around that was I was like one of the last people he called on the day that he passed. And he's, <sighs> his number popped up on the phone and- I was talking to my wife at the moment and when I talked to Pete, we always had the best conversations that would go for about 40, 50 minutes. So I just rejected that call thinking, oh, I'm going to talk to him on the weekend anyway. And then got the news later that night that he had passed. And so not that you should live in in a state of anxiety that you're going to miss the moment to connect with those around you. But yeah, people are lonely and people are going through stuff and the difference you can make by just actually stopping and pausing to connect with that human is going to make a huge difference. Selfishly, sometimes you'll find more to you. I know I used to just have this mentality of just using what you had. And so my little sister, before she came to live with us, lived on the Central Coast. I couldn't visit her very often. But what I did have is a 50-minute commute and AirPods. And so every Wednesday we would have Wednesday Club where I would call her just to check in and chat. Oh, wow. And then that formed her outlet. And for me though, it was like great for me because it took the focus of off everything I was thought I was worried about and put into perspective, ah, everyone's going through something. I mean, those moments of connection, whether they're on the street with strangers or family and loved one that you know you haven't checked in on in a while, 
I think it makes a huge difference. Massive, like just seeing it from the other person's side. But even, you know, again, we, we throw out words like therapist and psychologist, mm-hmm. and but that's my point. Like at the yeah. end of the day, what, yeah. do, what do you do? You go there and speak. Yes, yeah. Um, and I think we all have a gift. We just may not have tapped into it that, that it's being the listener as well. Yeah. And that's something um, I'm very fast paced and it, like it gives me emotion because um, I've got mentors around me and the feedback with, and I've, you know, personal coach and things to help slow my world down. Cause yeah. I'm, and one of the biggest advice was, you know, two ears, one mouth. You've got two ears and one mouth. <laughs> it should be proportionate. <laughs> Do more listening than speaking. <laughs> Amazing. And one, and I, I actively try that. Yeah. And it literally, it's, it's those moments where you are listening that you 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 find the little nuggets and and sometimes you don't have to do anything but just phoning someone and saying how are you going talk to me what's happening and I've got a I'm very close with with my brothers but my one brother particularly is very good at you know calling and what's going on and staying in the know yeah uh, and I think like you saying if that's a role that one can fulfill it's so much more powerful than than anyone knows whether it's someone elderly who's just not around much company anymore yeah you know however their circumstances yeah. landed. But wow, no, it's, it's, um, it's an incredible story, Darcy. And I think exploring then the next frontier for Darcy and maybe lifting it up a little sure, bit. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in the theme of outside your comfort zone, it's uh, what I want to unpack is like if I said this whirlwind's going on, but it's all this exciting new stuff for you. Yeah. You know, so presumably, presumably with your sister, things have settled. Mm. Um, like you're saying, just excelling. There's a bit of stability, it sounds yeah, like, which is absolutely. awesome. Um, in terms of like your next steps and let's just say the last six months, like sure. where have you pushed yourself more than ever? Oh, I think business is a, a business is where I love pushing myself because it's untapped. The only limit you have is yourself and your beliefs and often limiting beliefs that you put on yourself and then realize are bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because you get to the other side of them and you go, ah, why was I worried about that? It all worked out. So in terms of where we're going and, and what we're trying to build is I want to build a company that really is leading in the space of podcast production. I think we are unique in that a lot of companies at the moment are setting up a shop and they want to own, they just want to own the rights of a podcast, whether that's the IP or the advertising money. And we take a different approach where we are just so passionate about production ensuring your idea is formulated in the best possible way, ensuring you're using the right equipment, whether you're recording a studio, recording from home and getting that out there onto Spotify and Apple. The great thing is we know how to do that. And so we take great joy in doing that for anyone who works for our doors, whether that's a corporation or an individual. And so I am gun ho. This com- company has grown so quickly at a rate of about 75% year on year. I want to keep pushing that. I want to build a company that is sustainable. I want to build a company where the culture is different to what I experienced in radio in that it is open with thoughts and feelings. That's actually something we do on a Friday. We have thoughts and feelings where our team can just go around the table and often I can get roasted in that moment (laughs) or we can share a funny moment or we can just share that together. I'm very limited of time. We have such limited time. So when it comes to pushing the thing, I just want to continue to make it bigger and better. And so for us, that has like introducing video has been a whole new frontier that we're taking on because we know how popular it is and how important it is having the visual to this audio storytelling. Um, But from here, I mean, we've got a brand new person starting literally today as we record this podcast. Incredible. Number four, and I would love to say that in two years, maybe we have this chat again and it's eight people and we're leading the marketplace. And the rest. Yeah, I mean, and the rest. So it's unstoppable. I'm really excited to just push it as much as we can. We have a fantastic team. Shout out to Phil, who's recording this podcast as we speak. Yeah, yeah. It it would be remiss of us not to shout out the people like Phil and Maddie behind the scenes who have bought into their vision and not only bought into it, but bought their skills and their passion and their commitment to our clients. That's what I'm most excited about. It's no longer the Darcy show, which it was in radio, (laughs) where you can win awards and you're the only, you're the sole producer on a show. It's now about, ooh, what can Team Pro Podcast achieve together? And let's rise in that together and be respectful, but also have 
a shit ton of fun on the yeah. way. And our team, the banter for our team is out of control. <laughs> and it's such a wonderful dynamic because it offsets now that pressure. And it must be said too, the anxiety is still there. So I can certainly endorse the team and the professionalism and I think ease that's the most like for me I didn't know how to go you know there's always that question I can go out and do it myself so on the one hand you offer that sure as well but you make it so easy um and I think it's like I said for me a lot of the coaching and the guidance that you provided is second to none goes without saying but what I also want to do is is kind of pry that layer back so on the one hand we've spoken about your kind of your business planning and trajectory and um I think it's also the concept of actually having goals. You probably have them written down and knowing that you're achieving them, which is a huge thing. It's easy to speak it. And you often tell people, oh, you've got your goals for your business. And they're like, yeah, I know them all. But you said, can you give me the piece of paper that those goals are on? (laughs) So, and I think again, it's a theme from what we were saying before, where there's all this anxiety and worry. And I've found, you know, wisdom I'll share, but it was shared with me is, not deliberating on making decisions, yeah. just make them, yes. make them quick. Because yes. I think you'll agree once you did, yeah. then stuff just falls into place and there's always going to just be two outcomes. It's one way or the other or down the middle, yeah. but you're moving forward. And yes. when, you, when you're stuck in that cloudy space of procrastination, it doesn't really go anywhere. So that didn't really answer my question, although it did help <laughs> because knowing that the business is, you know, I expected it from you because if you're quitting a six figure job, and you've, you've come from this really hard background. I've re- referenced it before, like David Goggins, mm. you know, I'm, I've done his 48 hour challenge. I'll for the camera, I'll just <laughs> see it here. Yes. Happy um, days. But that, you know, he came from an abusive situation and there's many, many, many stories. And I think it's what you do with that resilience that yeah. counts. So yeah. kudos to you guys. Like you've, you know, the, you're the fierce leader, the fierce, <laughs> fearless warrior. And, and that's good. But what I want to ask you now is, you know, you described this, all the serious anxiety that led you to a point in your life where you almost hit the peak of the mountain. Mm. And one thing we say at work is, you know, you said a lot of people, what's the goal? The goal is to climb the mountain, get to the top, but that's actually not the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is to get the team safely back down, mm. right? Because it yeah. doesn't help perishing, hitting yeah. the goal. <laughs> so I think, and that's the next wow. thing, you know, when you, when you think of that metaphor and you think, okay, my goal was always to get to the top of the mountain. Yeah. But it's almost double the journey coming back down and getting everyone down safely. And now your team's going to not be four people at the top. It should be eight in two years time to quote you. But talk to me about like, so maybe anxiety is the wrong word, but like the stresses and the coping mechanisms, like Mm -hmm. how do you feel now in your own business? You know, there's payroll, there's people to worry about, there's their families to worry about. Do you find there's still this different level of anxiety that's shifted? Oh, absolutely. Now talk to me about that. <laughs> I think we call it controlled chaos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because when you're running a small business, you don't have the luxury of having an IT department. So if something goes wrong, it's on you. You want to add cameras to your business? It's on you to research yeah. that. You want to add a new person? That's Guess right. who was writing the ad? <laughs> you know, it is like, oh my goodness. And my wife wouldn't let me off the hook if I sat here and was going, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's easy. Because it's not. It's yeah. really hard and it's really difficult daily and um i guess the the change though to use your mountain analogy before engaging with psychology it was fulfilling oh i didn't come from a safe background so i'm going to do everything in my power to get successful get financially successful and have that safety blanket and then you get to the top of the mountain you go oh that's not going to help (laughs) what's going on inside of you. Correct. (laughs) So now it's understanding that the mountain isn't to become the most successful person ever. It's actually to create something that I want to create out of a place I want to create it. And that's a real difference. That is a real difference of going, okay, I understand this controlled chaos is happening. I understand that daily, daily, because I mean, for scope, we're, we're engaging with about 60 people at any one given time, that brings its whole set of <laughs> challenges. Time constraints. Time constraints. Communication. Communication. I mean, I'm a nerd for it. I love systems and processes, and that is a coping mechanism of building great systems. Well, I was going to say, like, your, you know, the OCD you described before, mm. has that followed you? Oh, yeah. Like, it, in a different way. It's wonderful at times. <laughs> It's wonderful because you talk about a process. It gets so stuck in my head until we have to perfect it. 
that has some real benefits and some real drawbacks at the same time. <laughs> no, and I share all those things because it's, and I've had like junior team on our team at yeah. work, I've had junior people come in and that, you know, with, with these little brilliant things like done is better than perfect. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's weird because I have those same tendencies. Like yes. sometimes you can sit and stare at that thing and you're just, hang on, you know, and again, focusing on the objective, what does this thing really need to do? Yeah. Does it need to be a hundred percent? Yes. Cause it's, you know, even every masterpiece I think is never perfect, but it's on the no. wall <laughs> and people are paying big bucks for it. I love what you said of do things and do them quickly. And I've learned that because the great thing about the business is it now challenges me where I don't actually have the time or bandwidth to make it perfect. It just has to be practical. It's got to work. And it's got to work and it's got to be a, where also do link it back to the customer experience. Provided it's providing the customer experience with what we want it to be, great, action that. And you have to learn to delegate. <laughs> and that's, I think also there's a, a couple of books, but like letting go of the vine, you yeah, know? Yeah. That you trust that there's someone around you who you've hired yes. because they're a little more intelligent at that thing yes. than you or I will ever be. Amazingly and that, so. And that's incredible. <laughs> and also it's funny because there's just a theme you were touching on before. I heard on the radio the other night that they were talking about generations and names right? Um, with w weird names that people are giving parents and things. And this concept of a nickname. Right. And the mother said that nicknames don't, transform through generations. Right. And so I hear these little things and yeah. often I like psychoanalyze them. Yeah, yeah. Me. Yeah. But the reason I'm saying that is I think um, around me, I'm very lucky. I've got like some super successful, um, really wealthy, but you'd never know it, right? right. Yes. Um, mentors, people, yes. just watching them, you know, sure. and how they, they, so things like making quick decisions, mm. you see the pace that they run at because they don't have the, and you would have seen this in mm. your world, you know, ad finitum. Um, but the point I'm making is I think it's a bit like a nickname. And if you stop to think about that, like as the generations move, the nickname was very personal to that person. And I, I think to parallel it when like you or I, if we've been in jobs before, mm. It's almost like you're living in a one-dimensional place that if you leave that job, someone else fills it. When yes. you're building your own business, you could do the same thing. You can just achieve an outcome and that's not really helping the world. No. But if you actually step back and you're growing now, and that's why I'm saying this, and you step back and you say, what's the legacy I leave behind? Is it a nickname that comes and goes and it's trend and it's, you know, a podcast just here for now. Mm. Um, and, you know, the podcast of the future today, you speak of radio, you know, mm. I'm in radio, you're not, you're in digital media. Yeah. Like, and the beauty is you've taken this one channel and it's exponential through TikTok and social yeah. and radio and, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. But I, I think what you leave behind is this legacy. It sounds like that's the leap you're taking now where it's all of those things, delegating. It's don't get stuck on my OCD. And we, we've seen this at work now, you know, yeah. we're, also, we're five and a half years in, the team's growing, but it almost hits a point where if you don't let go, yeah. um, you, you're not going to achieve the goals you set out to achieve. And in this case, it's impact more than it is profit. Yes. That's what it sounds like. Yes, yes. You know, yes, you, you need the coin to keep it going and growing and feed more families as you hire people. Yeah. Um, but I think there's something really powerful about it's not even the exit strategy because that's what some startups, you know, they start up to achieve an exit. Sure. It's like the Uber thing. And yeah, yeah. Just, but it's it's actually what is the impact I'm leaving behind? And it may not be you sitting behind the driver's wheel. Sure. You know, so I don't know if you're experiencing that or if you're yeah. feeling that. And it's kind of the coping mechanisms to help put in place the systems now that the team can do it, not just you. Absolutely. Everything you're saying, it's still a process of letting go control. Whenever I do it, be that hire a new person, it always works far better than I ever thought it would be. But it's building up that muscle memory of like, it's okay. It's okay to let go of that control. Um, and, and finding the right people, I guess, and the culture. Finding the right people and the right culture and the right fit. And you're absolutely right. I mean, profit is really important. Profit is a wonderful tool to help because we re reinvest a lot of the profit back into making the experience better and, and increasing the market share. All of that's really important. Have, you can have a really great impact in the business space and profit is really important. I don't think it's a dirty word. I think it's a really key thing, but there's certainly no exit strategy. We are excited yeah. that we get to play yeah, in this space, awesome. have our impact in this industry in the way that we want to do that. Profit will come from that and then opportunities will come from that. So as we sit here, we're really excited that we've got the number one podcast in Australia at the moment yeah. for four consecutive weeks and they could have gone with anyone and for their production, they're with us. We're so proud of that. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think you have to, you have to have a bit of playful energy in it. You have to take your ego out of it and you have to go, 
we get like we get to play in the sandbox called podcasting at the moment. What do we want to build? What do we want to make? What do we want to play? Who do we want to welcome into that to do it with us? And I think that will serve us well in the long run. No doubt, Dos. Like your just your attitude and your energy is so awesome. Like it's viral <laughs> and it's just it's an amazing approach that you have. And I think anyone that's going to work with you is just going to love it. Um, so I think maybe in closing, I want to ask you what in terms of the world and and what the world can take away from Darcy today. Interesting. And and kind of stepping you outside your comfort zone. Yeah. What is that one thing you would love to share with the world Ooh. that, that uh, you, you know, you could really help inspire people to push them to the edge? Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I can share is if there's something inside of you that is pushing for a change, be that a relationship, a business, you know it. It's that small voice that is inside of you. And certainly I had it of like, oh, I really want to do this podcast business. Just do it. Yeah. Because you you can always recover if it doesn't go your way, but what you can't recover is if you don't do it and the time passes and you miss your opportunity. And I love the saying of like, sure, maybe the, the best time for your idea that's sitting in your head was 10 years ago, but the second best time to do it is today. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Make today the, the, the next day, the first day of the rest of your life. A hundred percent. Because if I sat in fear in that production studio in the radio land and waited two years, I would be two years behind where we're at now and would have missed some really key opportunities and sliding door moments. And I just think it's important to know that I really think there's a plan for all of us that is unfolding in real time. And you're going to have to make some crossroad tough decisions, but do it. Yeah. Just do it. And I think you'll find that whether it's God or the universe will meet you where you're at and your energy absolutely changes when you position yourself out of that comfort zone. <laughs> Truly, not to, not even using a cliche, it's like you step outside of that comfort zone, that is where magic happens. And that's awesome. It's so true and it's so hard because it's, you know, we, on the show, we're always looking for a definition. Right. But I think it is what you make of it. And as you've experienced, hopefully, anyone who's pushed their own envelope and reimagined the way they see themselves and what they do, um, taking out what you're saying, I think it's just have the guts, uh, make sure you've got things in place, obviously. Don't take sure. a stupid risk. Yeah. Um, but if it feels like the stars around you will align, just take that leap. Yeah, Get absolutely. it done, jump outside the comfort zone and make life happen. Um, so look, it goes without saying, Doss, that if anyone needs to get in touch with you, yeah. pro podcast production yeah. on Google, They'll find you. Which I'll Google, which yeah, makes it nice exactly. and easy. Exactly. You've done a great job. <laughs> but propodcastproduction.com, you can literally just pop your email in and you get an email from me direct. It's not a sales funnel. It's actually just me writing that email to you. So certainly if you want to connect, please, please reach out. Yeah. And I can talk from firsthand experience. It is a real experience. It's, it's easy. It's seamless. You guys just make it happen. You clearly masters of the domain. So I do encourage anyone thinking of, um, the next great idea that the world needs to know to reach out, get in touch. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure today. I've enjoyed um, it so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Totally loved it. Uh, always difficult because we, we we are unscripted. Yeah. And, um, you know, most importantly that our listeners can take out what they need to from today. I think there's a lot of awesome nuggets in there. Yeah. We'll see what Phil can do with us. Happy days. Work your magic, Phil. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Outside Your Comfort Zone with Glenn Miller, your comfort zone coach. If you like what you hear, help spread the word. Subscribe to the podcast and invite a friend. For show notes, links, and extra goodies, visit comfortzonecoach.com.au.